Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business, and I think we've done it. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset that was originally used in the Gutenberg Press. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. Everything else was printed in regular type. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify Black Letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome to another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Today with me, I have the CEO of QuickFee. Bruce is going to talk about his company, where he comes from, how QuickFee started, what QuickFee does, and how QuickFee can help businesses during COVID-19. And Bruce, if it's okay, uh, I'll just kick the show off and ask you, tell us, tell us your origin story. You know, give us your superhero origin story. Where'd you come from and how did <laughs> QuickFee start? Sure, Tom, not a problem. I think uh, you can probably tell by now with my accent that I wasn't born in uh, Mississippi. I was actually born a little bit further south in Sydney, Australia. Came over the States four years ago to, uh, to start, <laughs> start the US version of, uh, of our business, QuickFee. I'm actually a, a CPA by profession. In a previous life, I was a partner in a, in a CPA firm in a, in a very distant life. Now, left that in the mid-2000s, built up uh, another business and uh, sold that into a, uh, a listed public company and then... Um, about 10 years ago, we started our QuickFee business, and uh, it's been a fantastic journey. Tom? So, Bruce, what does QuickFee do? I, I know that my law firm, Dunlap Bennett Ludwig, uses QuickFee, and a lot of the attorneys, we'd never heard of such a thing, and we're all, as any attorney, you know how lawyers are, right? Tom, the way I might actually answer that question is by actually saying what we're not. So what QuickFee is not, we are not a factoring company. We are not litigation funding. We are not invoice purchase. We are not debtor funding. What we are is we are literally a finance company that specializes in paying the outstanding fees due to an accounting firm or a law firm. So essentially, we pay on your client's behalf. You issue the invoice, client wants time to pay instead of you being a bank. We become the bank. We put up the money, pay the firm in full, 100 cents in the dollar, and then the client gets to pay us back over six, nine, or 12 months. So I'm guessing the huge benefit there then is that the law firm doesn't have to go to the client and have the kind of challenge of, you need, me to, you need to pay me, collections. You understand the law firm not being the bank or the accounting firm not being the bank, but it also kind of preserves the client relationship. That's the thing that I think we were really excited about. It moves it from like a, um, uh, an analog decision of pay me, don't pay me, to a variable decision where what length of time would you like to spread payment over? So we're taking something from that difficult conversation that attorneys don't like having of, hey, I want my money, into a real positive conversation of, hey, I know you need the advice. I know we've done the work. How about we give you up to 12 months to pay? And the client goes, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. 
And you know, the um, as you know, Tom, as a user of the solution, the best bit is it doesn't cost the attorney anything. The client pays a little bit of interest to access the money and the firm pays nothing to get access to the service. So Bruce, let me ask you, so COVID-19, you, you've probably heard of this, right? Um, unless you're, I, I assume you have. Uh, so obviously joking. But a lot of uh, organizations, restaurants, and some of our clients have been challenged with uh, money. There's a program here called PPP, and there's some other SBA programs that very quickly ran out of funds for the people looking for them. Is quick fee potentially a solution to help them get through at least professional fees? Uh, because that you know, right now, if a client can't pay, then it's kind of a trickle down effect, right? Client doesn't get money from their their patrons or their clients or their customers, and then they can't pay their lawyer to file their trademark or their patent. Sounds like quick fee might be a really useful thing in these times. In uh, absolutely, Tom. In the last six weeks, transaction volumes through quick fee have doubled. Now that's that's all COVID related. Let's face it, right? Wow. So they're using it two different ways, Tom. One way is they need advice. Like you said, Triple P ran out of money, right? So they need some sort of SBA assistance. If they can't get that through one of the government programs, now their attorney can afford to to provide the advice to maybe direct them towards a different source of funding, maybe a non-bank lender, maybe a, um, a other sources of funding that might be out there and still render their invoice and still be paid for that while we let the client pay us back over 12 months as their business gets ramping up and get started again. So absolutely, that's where attorneys are using the service. And of course, CPAs are right in the middle of that too, and they're doing the same thing. It's a solution for commercial law firms, Tom, and they've got to have a revenue of $2 million. So it's a pretty easy criteria, greater than $2 million of revenue, and they've got to be using our solution for commercial matters. So not not criminal, not family, not personal injury, not things like that. They've got to be like uh, matters around a corporation, commercial litigation, commercial advice, helping people with SBA, Triple P, whatever it might be around commercial sort of advice. So, Bruce, what do you see? What's next for QuickFee? What's the next iteration? Where do you see your, your company in a couple of years from now? What do you guys, you're obviously supporting firms like mine. And I assume they're, you know, they're bigger firms, you're supporting and accounting firms, but, you know, what's the, what's the, is there a longer term goal or other things you plan to do? We started this in Australia 11 years ago and we started in the US four years ago. Um, in fact, the 25th of April was our four year anniversary in the United States. So we, in both countries, we started with the CPAs. Uh, they're an easy place to start because they have the repeat clients. So it's an easy way to ramp our business up. About 80% of people who take a loan from QuickFee take it every year thereafter to pay their annual CPA fee. We then moved into law. So I can tell you that, for example, uh, back home in Australia, our biggest client is KPMG. So they're a, you know, that, that's a top four accounting firm. We've got national law firms using the product. In the United States, we got the uh, 25% of the top 400 accounting firms are using the product now. And we've got all these law firms that are just diving in now. We actually have a, a special brand that we use in the legal vertical called Law Funder, which is L-A-W-F-U-N-D-A-R. And we use that because it des describes what we do. We're making your accounts receivable disappear and funding the process for the client. As we just look out for the next two years, 
We're just continuing to grow this in the legal vertical and we keep getting referrals from accountants. Uh, I'm doing all sorts of webinars like this during this uh, crazy COVID lockdown period. And, mate, we've got, um, you know, we get 30 firms a month, I suppose, joining us pretty easily as we, uh, as we build out our business in the United States. Our podcast is focused on corporate counsel and entrepreneurs and businesses. And so now you're setting aside what your business does. You've been a successful business for 11 years and just the numbers you've rattled off are massively impressive. What is it that you could say to other entrepreneurs or other startups that's made you so successful? What are the two or three things that you're like, you know what, if I wasn't this way or didn't do this, it wouldn't have worked out. These are the most important traits so Tom, uh, yeah, that's that's a really good really good question. A good observation, I suppose, is that um, a successful entrepreneur pretty much has three things, and they would be number one, an innate sense of curiosity, a real desire that says there must be a better way, there must be a solution to a problem, even though nobody else has found it. Continuous curiosity, I think, is uh, is something you find in all uh, successful entrepreneurs. Secondly, an equal measure of uh, confidence and self-doubt. I think if you're overconfident, you, you, you're going to make some mistakes. And if you've got no confidence, if you've got too much self-doubt, then you run the risk of never really taking the plunge. So probably equal measures, self-doubt and, uh, and confidence. And the third thing I'd say is persistence because it's not easy. Most people who started a business will tell you that if they knew what was involved when they started, they probably never would have started. It is genuinely hard work. Uh, as you can see, I've given all of my hair to the cause uh, of, um, of pursuing this. And um, I tell you what, when you get there, when you're on the journey, it is the best place to be. So they talk about in entrepreneurship, taking the leap. And so were, you were an accountant. What caused you to take the leap? Where did, when did you decide you're like, you know what? I really don't like being an accountant. I'd rather be a client of accountants. Or what, what made you take the leap? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of people would say entrepreneurial accountant is almost like an oxymoron, right? But um, the, uh, what happened for me is in 1990, which was uh, uh, a real recession, you know, when the, straight after the 87 stock market crash and the... Um, the, the world was going through like crazy interest rates. Some interest rates were 20%. It's hard to imagine now when we got central banks at 0.25 and zero and all these sort of things. But back then, their interest rates were just insane. And I sort of thought, well, if I'm ever going to sort of start a business, now's the time and I'm a qualified accountant. So I basically bought a small, um, a tiny parcel of fees off a guy who was pretty much a little more than a bookkeeper. And I instantly turned that business into a business advisory. So we were actually helping people at that critical, difficult time going through that sort of 1990 recession. What I learned is that I like people. I like being around people. I like helping people. So you move pretty quickly from recording history to helping people achieve their goal. So you can talk about what's an accountant, but a great accountant does those things. They take people on a forward-looking journey, not just record the past. Out of that, I suppose, I got a little bit entrepreneurial very early on in being a partner in an accounting firm, kept building that up, adding in more partners. Certainly um, wasn't doing too much adding up of columns and numbers and trial balances and that sort of thing. And then um, 05, I had the opportunity to start a business in Asia, in fact, 
uh, which brought like business process outsourcing to the profession. That was great. That was a big leap and uh, was fortunate enough to work extremely hard. Like they say, when hard work meets opportunity, when hard work meets a bit of luck, then um, success occurs. It was great. Built that up from absolutely zero to over 100 staff and sold it to a, uh, a public company. And then, and then quickly was born out of that experience, I guess? Yeah, that's what happened. The, um, when I sold that business, like most of these sort of business sales, uh, you have to uh, do like a two-year earnout to sort of, you know, help your business integrate with the acquirer and all those sort of things. So I walked in there and I thought I've got a two-year contract and I haven't worked for anybody since 1990, so I better find myself something else to do. So I, uh, I started the business uh, quick fee right there and then on the day I walked in. My contract required um, basically 50% commitment, so I had another half the week free to pursue something else and quick fee was that something else. And it's the capital from that sale that got our, uh, our funding business started. And, you know, $300 million in lending later, here we are in the United States having a fantastic time uh, taking this product all over wow. the country. And uh, I'm loving the States. It's some amazing cities. I mean, obviously, right now, none of us are traveling anywhere. And normally, uh, we get around and uh, right. get, out to, get out to Boston. And I've been right up to Rochester, the top of New York State, and all sorts of places. Loving it. Loving the States. Bruce, if you could uh, say just kind of as a closing thing, if you could tell somebody about to launch into a business like QuickFee, not necessarily, obviously, nobody hopefully will, will come along and swipe your business model away. It sounds like you're the 800-pound gorilla right now. But if you could give advice to an entrepreneur, what would be the, you know, the couple things, two, one, two, three things you would say, you know, think this, do this. I mean, you said curiosity. I assume that's top of your list. But if you're giving advice to somebody else, now, yeah, so curiosity is like an attribute. If you're giving advice on what an entrepreneur should do at the time that they're starting out, number one, right. determine how much cash you think you need to start and make sure you've got twice that amount of money because it will cost more than you think and take longer than you think to achieve the success you're trying to achieve. Number two, get good advice from an attorney and a CPA. Find an attorney that you can get along with find a CPA that you can get along with. Uh, I think, Tom, uh, most people listening, any attorney listening would know the most expensive thing you can buy is cheap advice. So I would say to any entrepreneur, get good advice at the start, pay good money for good advice from an attorney and from a CPA. And thirdly, be prepared to pivot. If something's not working, Accept the brutal facts that it's not working and try something else and keep changing your model. Keep listening to the handful of early customers you've got until you've got something that has mass scale or mass scalability to get true success. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Bruce, I just want to say thank you very much for joining us today. It was really informative. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play so you never miss an episode. And to catch us on video, check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.